Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are continuing our No Longer Strangers sermon series that focuses on the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians teaches us about living as a community of faith that is not without conflict, but is full of faithful followers of Jesus who long to move from strangers to God and one another into embracing the gift of a family of faith. God fills us with the Spirit bringing joy and thankfulness to our ordinary days. In this message of the week from August 22nd, Pastor Abigail Ozan shares from the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and how the Holy Spirit can lead us to be members of a faith community and guide us in wise living. She highlights the importance of seeking joy in the Lord and giving thanks at all times and for all things. Here's the First Church message of the week. Our scripture this morning is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father for all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here ends our scripture. We have been making our way through the book of Ephesians and talking about what it means to be no longer strangers, to be in Christian community. So I want to start off with an example of one of my favorite times in Christian community when I was working on the staff at a church camp. After a week of working hard together and trying to meet the needs of all of the campers and so on, sometimes we had the opportunity to go out just by ourselves on the town to have dinner. And once you're in the church camp mode and you're with your church camp friends, you kind of stay in that mode. And so when we would go out for dinner, we would do just like we did back at camp and say grace before we ate. Some of you may know that a camp grace is not quite like some of our normal graces that we stay around the table. It's a little bit goofy. So imagine here we are in this restaurant and we start going, thank you God for giving us food. Thank you God for giving us food. And on with the theme of Superman and giving thanks. We were just being ourselves and praising God and relaxing in Christian community. But you can imagine that some of the other people in the restaurant thought we were a little weird. Not all Christians stand out quite so much as a bunch of camp staff out on the town. However, I do believe that as Christians, we are called to live differently. 
in this book or this chapter of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20 all have a common theme that we can summarize. Something like this. Live lives filled with the Spirit of God, free from sin, and focused on the Lord, giving thanks at all times and for all things. Live lives filled with the Spirit of God, free from sin, focused on the Lord, giving thanks at all times and for all things. This, the scripture tells us, is wise living, and it contrasts it with foolish living, with sinful choices, with living with reckless abandon, and focusing on self-indulgence. Now, I think like everybody else, I want to be wise. But I know that there are times when it is difficult to live just as is described here, to live with a song of praise in my heart. Sometimes we experience difficult feelings. For example, recently I've been feeling frustrated and a bit discouraged about the way the pandemic is going. Not really feeling so hopeful about the future as I was a few weeks ago. And you know what? I would rather not think about it, or talk about it, or hear other people talk about it. I would rather read a book and pretend that I am in a different place and a different time. That's one of my ways of finding some escapism. I wonder if any of you have felt this way as well, maybe about the pandemic or maybe about the way society is going these days, or maybe your family and personal challenges that you're facing. Would you too rather avoid these topics and push those feelings into the background? Perhaps not by reading a book. Not everybody does it by reading a book, but there are lots of different ways that we seek to escape from such feelings. And this chapter of Ephesians describes looking for happiness in the things of this world and how that is foolish living. I think that just like the people of Paul's day, we too try to escape into what feels good. Into whatever it is, food or um, playing games all day or reading a book. There's lots of different ways that we seek to escape. And verse 18, which describes not getting drunk with wine, but instead being filled with the Holy Spirit, This is not a call for temperance, specifically. This is a prescription for deeper joy. It's one example of ways that are listed in this chapter of people trying to escape and find joy in something other than God. Wild exuberance should come from joy in the Lord, Community infused with the Holy Spirit is what creates true worship. 
So to give you more of a picture of what that can look like, think about the disciples at Pentecost and all of those people that were gathered there in that room. The disciples are talking and they are speaking in so many different languages so that all who are gathered can hear them. And there's this incredible energy. There is the Holy Spirit that descends like tongues of flame on all the people. And those that are not part of this group but are watching this happen say, look at those guys. It's not even nine in the morning and they're drunk. They're a bit confused because they think that the disciples are intoxicated by alcohol when in truth they're really filled with the Holy Spirit. Christians are not to be completely of this world. And we can talk about all the ways in which we're not supposed to be just like what society says. We don't have to fit into all of that. But also not to completely escape it in the sense of saying, well, this world's not my home. I'm just going to focus on the next world. We're actually called to do something that's a bit in between. To find our joy not in mere happiness or in what feels good, but instead, instead, this scripture encourages us to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. To give thanks, for God is always good. It's hard to give thanks in all things, but I do think it's true that no matter what's going on, we can say God is good and give thanks for that. This passage is giving us a different way to live, to seek joy in God. Now, I don't care a whole lot for platitudes and people talking about, oh, it's just your attitude. If you fix that, everything will work out. I think that it doesn't take into consideration the complexities of each person's situation. And yet, this scripture is not telling us to make reality different than what it is, or at least to not acknowledge what reality is. It's not saying pretend that nothing's going wrong or that things aren't quite working the way we want them to or that things aren't difficult. Rather, it is acknowledging that there may be good reasons to be discouraged. And it's saying... Don't stop there. Give thanks to God at all times and for everything. Keep seeking joy, no matter what is going on around you. When I was in seminary, I sang in the gospel choir, and I loved being a part of the gospel worship service on Wednesday nights. It's helpful to understand that worship, gospel worship is in the African-American tradition, and it is filled with emotions. Spirituals, which preceded gospel music, come out of the slave experience. They come out of these very difficult times that the people were going through, and they're often based on Bible stories and even drawing some parallels subtly between them or not so subtly, but 
also, even in the midst of all of that, they express trust in God. They express gratitude for all of the many gifts that God gives us. And even the gospel songs that talk about trials and tribulations claim that God will save God's people. This is deeply emotional music meant to connect with the hearts of believers. So when I was singing with a choir, we would gather for worship in the seminary chapel on Wednesday nights. And the service was interactive and energetic. People would call out in response during the sermon, amen, or a whole series of other responses that people would have. Preach it well. They all have different meanings, by the way. I learned that, too. And also, the music caused us to lift up our voices and our hands and our hearts. I would often leave still filled with joy and gratitude in God. One of the things that I did during seminary to unwind and relax and have a little balance in my life was to fence, like with the swords. And I had the opportunity to fence with the Northwestern University Fencing Club uh, because Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary is on the grounds of Northwestern University. And that's a whole other long story, so I won't explain it all. But anyway, I was able to go and fence with them. And so I would, after worship, I would walk about 10 minutes across campus to the gym where we practiced. And as I was getting into my fencing gear and mentally starting to focus on fencing and what was happening next, I would often experience this powerful sense of dissonance because I still had these amazing gospel songs going through my head and I would be singing snatches of them as I was preparing. I was making melody to the Lord in my heart and giving thanks to God. I tried to explain to my teammates how weird this felt And they, for some reason, did not understand when I explained that I was still high on worship. But that's the only way I can think of to explain that exuberance, being high on worship, and the way that it overflowed out of me. I believe that people around us make worship meaningful. For some folks, that's a big incentive of going to church. Maybe that's true for you. Maybe going to church is really important to see your friends and connect with fellow worshipers. I know that during the height of the pandemic, when we couldn't gather, not for anything, not just not worship, but for anything, and we're stuck in our homes, and I was trying to preach to that blank screen or that um, screen that was just showing a picture of me talking to it, it felt a bit harder to connect because I'm used to looking into the eyes of the people that are in front of me. I'm used to seeing those responses. 
Did anybody else feel like it was a little harder to connect with worship? Or there are a few folks who maybe felt that it was easier because you didn't have the distractions that you might otherwise have. But I wonder, too, if your worship was enhanced by knowing that others were worshiping with you at the same time, even if not in the same location. I found value for me that really surprised me in people just getting on the Facebook live stream and saying good morning. And I never expected that to have such meaning. But it created this sense of community for me because then I could visualize who was watching, who was there together. And so having to do worship online exclusively helped me to understand that value of connection in worship and find ways to achieve it, whether in person or online or both. This letter to the Ephesians is addressing a congregation, a group of followers of the ways of Jesus. It's not toward an individual. Because faith is corporate. Corporate means it's a group of people together. That's one meaning of it. And it comes from the word corpus, from Latin, which means body. And if we remember that part of what we are as a church community is the body of Christ, that gives us new meaning. Another way of looking at this is this African concept of Ubuntu. Okay, and those of you that are like way into computers, you know this is also a computer programming set, right? Um, And if you look it up, they'll say that they took the same philosophy for that too. Um, But this philosophy, philosophy partly says, I am because you are. A person is a person through other people. Or as Archbishop Desmond Tutu explains, we are diminished when others are diminished. It is not I think, therefore, I am, but rather, I am a person because I belong, I participate, I share. It's not I'm a person because I think, but I'm a person because I belong, I participate, I share. Or in the words of G. Porter Taylor, we cannot be fully human by ourselves. I believe that we cannot be fully Christian by ourselves. We need to be in community. Being a Christian is about how we live each and every moment, not just for one hour or three in worship or study during the week. And so my prayer for you is that as you go out into the rest of your week, that you will find a way to be connected to Christian community, that you will keep singing the praises to God in your heart, and you will be moved by the Holy Spirit blowing through your life.
May it be so. Let us pray. Loving God, we are thankful to be together in Christian community, whatever that looks like, online or in person, at the same time or later in the day. God, help us to connect to other believers. Help us to lift up our voices in praise and thanksgiving to you, because we truly give you thanks and praise for all you do for us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.